describe, humanly speaking, Joseph and Mary's relationship status as we <laughs> as we read it at that time. I guess you know, humanly speaking, you would say, you would say complicated, <laughs> uh, to say the least, right? I mean, you had you had two very godly individuals, but you had extraordinary circumstances, which weren't you couldn't explain, you know, humanly and, and biologically if you were to maintain full trust in that situation. And, uh, and so I always just kind of, you know, I'm, I, I think about that a lot when I, when I just see the depiction, the on-screen depiction, although maybe a bit of a, uh, of a, a picture of those, those dynamics. So we're going to look at, as, as, we read, as we read the full story here, what we call, the, you know, the Christmas story, I want you to think about that. I want you to think of elements of trust here. Uh, required trust, offered trust, God entrusting, and uh, think along those lines, and we'll talk a little more about that and make some application uh, here uh, tonight as well. So let's start, um, let's actually keep our finger in Matthew 1, and we'll go to Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 1. And we'll read verses 26 on there in Luke uh, chapter 1. I think we'll go from 26 to 56. Think about uh, just sort of the introduction to this and, and, and visualize it as we go through the narrative uh, here. Luke chapter 1, starting in verse uh, 26. It says, And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. So it introduces the, the characters there. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. So it's showing here in, 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 in a way that God is trusting her or entrusting something to her. I guess we could put it that way. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Now, you know, a, a number of times it talks about, Jesus, about Mary pondering things in her heart. And uh, maybe another way of saying that is... Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of thinking as her mind was spinning with these things, right? And uh, she's just uh, thinking, wow, what are the implications of this? Is this, is this, is this really uh, happening to me? And uh, so, behold, thou shalt conceive, verse 31. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. The angel is talking about the baby that she is going to have, this conception that she's going to go through, and she knows that, you know, biologically speaking at this point, that this wouldn't happen as far as any man uh, that she's been with is concerned. And, uh, but, and, and it gives us this, uh, this, uh, this prophecy of what uh, her child was going to be. And then Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I have known not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she also uh, conceived 
and her son um, in, in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. So we see elements here of, of people having to trust God through this whole plan um, as well. And, uh, and, and then uh, verse 38, And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And that's just another way of saying, God, God I, 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 if this is from you, I trust you, Lord. I trust you. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city, the city of Judah, and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutations of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the, with the Holy Ghost. And she spake uh, out with a voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. So Mary had, had, was trusting the Lord, but then the Lord kind of gives her other little confirmations along the way, I hear, or maybe big confirmations in a way. Um, and here's one of them. In verse 43, Whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of the salutation sounded in my ears, leaped in my womb for joy. Uh, so I, I like the picture of this, you know, the one day uh, big, rough, tough, you know, man of the wilderness, John the Baptist, as a baby in the womb here, he's kind of like already jumping for joy at what, uh, you know, at his... Uh, 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 chance to, to represent Jesus and be in the forerunner of Jesus. Uh, in verse 45, and blessed is she that, uh, that, be, uh, that believed or that trusts, for there shall be a performance of those, those things which are told to her from the Lord. You can trust God's word. And Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. It is interesting there, you know, that, that Mary recognized that, 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 that she needed a Savior like everybody else. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. That's a great verse. He has showed uh, strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent uh, empty away. He hath uh, hope in his servant of Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spake uh, to our fathers, to Abraham, to his seed forever. And Mary abode uh, with her about three months and returned to her own house. All right, so see that part there of the story? Let's go over to uh, Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, I'll pick it up in verse 18 there. And you can just see... Uh, uh, elements of trust and, and uh, the, the, the needed trust here in, in the, the, what we call the Christmas story. In Matthew chapter 1, in verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, just like the angel said it was going to happen, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, the one she was espoused to, now think about him in this situation, right? Think about him. And, uh, and the trust that was needed there. Um, and Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. He was a man of honor, even though he didn't really understand the full situation yet. But when, while he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, 
Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So, so God's letting him in on the situation now and what this is really about. And you can see now Joseph needs to trust God's word uh, here. And, and not only does he have to, you know, uh, to, to, to trust uh, Mary, he has to trust God's word in relation to Mary. And he has to think about what Mary's character has been up to this, to this point. And he has to take all these things into consideration. And I'm sure that his mind was spinning as well. Um, she shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus, verse 21. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, shall bring forth a son, they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. You see a lot of trust there, don't you? You certainly do. Let's go uh, um, to chapter 2, continue on uh, here in chapter 2. Let's go back to Luke chapter 2. Let's go back to Luke chapter 2. We'll pick it up in verse 1 there. Luke chapter 2. So we're kind of piecing the story together here. And, uh, you know, probably at this point, if you're a student of the Word of God, you kind of think it is continuous, but we're uh, we're going to the scriptures that cover it. And in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 19. It says, um, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went out from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with, tri- with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth a firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there was, were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people." For unto you is born this day, just like it was told to, to both Mary and Joseph that this was going to be the case, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was of the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste and found who? Mary, trusting Mary, trusting Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger. And uh, this, uh, this beautiful, humble scene, which we so much look to you know, uh, um, now as Christians and appreciate because of the, the, the gospel plan, uh, that it initiated, and uh, the gospel plan that is being carried out, it would never, we would never have, have uh, had this scene captured for us here, and it would have never come to reality if Mary and Joseph hadn't learned to trust God. And, it, and, and also, if they hadn't trusted one another. If they hadn't trusted one another, this never would have come to pass either. 
Uh, and the two kind of went together at, the, at this point. And we'll talk more about that in just a moment. And then it says in verse 17, And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it uh, wondered at those things which they uh, were told by the shepherds. And Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart, uh, says once again. Well, let's finish up in Matthew chapter 2. We'll go back to Matthew chapter uh, 2, back to Matthew one more time. And let's pick it up there. Uh, we're going to see just a little more of the, the character of Joseph here. And uh, we'll look at, uh, at, at verse 9. Pick up in verse 9. Uh, Matthew chapter 2, verse 9. By design, I'm reading the whole story here. All right? Just see these, uh, these elements of trust. When they had heard the king, they departed. These are the, uh, the, 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 the magi, the wise men. They departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till they came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary and his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures and presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, myrrh, being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And when they were departed, <clears throat> behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. This is another point where Joseph had to, had to learn, you know, again, and had to practice what he had learned of trusting God and obeying God. And, and something that, you know, probably at the time seemed kind of far-fetched and sensational. But uh, he was told, arise, take the young child's mother, flee into Egypt. Which for most uh, Jewish people, that'd be going the wrong direction, right? And be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child uh, and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. And so he, he trusted and obeyed. And, when there, <clears throat> and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth, angry, uh, and went forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and all the coast thereof, from the two years old and under, according to the time in which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. What a wicked thing. What a wicked thing. We read that in the Bible and, you know, we, we, we almost pass over it just in black and white print. But think about what was happening here. Think of the, the extraordinary spiritual warfare that would go to the degree of causing uh, um, a human being to slaughter children because they were so consumed, um, you know, with, with, with jealousy and with power and uh, with, with, with getting their own way. And, and, and promoting their own agenda. And, and so I believe also, you know, that the, 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 the wicked one, that Satan himself was going after Jesus at this time. But of course, um, you know, the, the word of God had come. And, and, and because of trusting, uh, a trusting Joseph, a man Joseph, uh, he, was, he was led to safety. And then uh, was, verse 17 was fulfilled, that which was spoken by uh, Jeremy or Jeremiah the prophet saying, in Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation, weeping, great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and would not be comforted because they are not. And you can imagine uh, the, 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 how distraught the mothers would have been that lost their children there. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Uh, Herod, the one to be so feared, he, he uh, met the, the faith that meets all men. 
And, uh, and, but, uh, and so, so here's another uh, word from God to Joseph, uh, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, go into the la- uh, land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard um, that Archelaus did reign in Judea in the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither. Notwithstanding being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee, and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that, is, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. And so even though Joseph wasn't, you know, Jesus' biological father, he was a great dad to him, a, hu- a human uh, a dad. And, uh, and he was obedient to the Lord. And you can see how God used Joseph in a, in a special way in, in the life of Jesus. And we appreciate Joseph on that level. I admire him greatly um, for, for the task that he accomplished in, in his trust for the Lord there. You know, trust is a tricky thing. I just want to talk a little bit about this uh, tonight. Trust cannot be demanded, but is at times requested. You know, you can't demand somebody to trust you, can you? Does that really work? And, and you know, God, he, he requests us to trust him, and of course, he always earns our trust, right? He earns our trust. But, uh, you know, especially as human beings, we can't demand trust, but there is a time to request trust. And there is times as well where it may look like something that would undermine trust is going on, but after some time, you know, if, if we don't jump to conclusions, after some time, the truth comes to the surface, and we can see that the, the trust was warranted. And, and so, you know, we can see that in, in the situation here. At times, trust should be offered, but trust may potentially be broken. Now, think about this. When you offer somebody trust, you're taking a risk right there. Not with God, but with others. You're taking a risk when you trust others. You know, when you, uh, when you, a lot of people are skittish about marriage nowadays because, you know, there's such little commitment in the, in the world, it seems like, right? And, and so they're thinking, man, do I want to take that risk of, you know, putting all my, my trust into this relationship? Uh, because broken relationships are, are, are such a common thing, it seems like. And there is a risk to trust. But yet trust is one of the most beautiful components of a relationship. And so we need to hold out hope on trust because trust is such a wonderful thing. And when trust is sustained and when trust is warranted, um, it is marvelous. And it is something that we find in our relationship with the Lord. And potentially, God could, 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 uh, could give us that in, in some uh, human relationships as well, which is a thing of great beauty. So, at times, trust should be offered, but may potentially be broken. Next, trust must be earned and thereafter maintained. Now, think about it. If you earn, if you earn say, your spouse's trust, that's not like a one-time thing, really. I mean, you, they do trust you. But that's also something that must be maintained on an ongoing basis, right? Because if trust is broken, well, what happens then? It's a lot harder to regain. Trust is a lot harder to regain than it is to win the first time. And so trust 
must be earned and it must be maintained. And God is so faithful to us. Not only does he earn our trust, but he maintains it 100%. And that's the wonderful thing about being a Christian is we, we follow somebody that we can fully 100% trust all the time. And we can fully trust his word. Always trust his word without reservation. And man, that's nice, isn't it? That's a rare thing to be able to do nowadays. And so when we find that in the Lord, you know, we do really, uh, we, we, we appreciate that so much. And, and the trust, if lost, is much more difficult to regain. And so in the story here, we do see trust required. We see trust required on God's part. Now, God doesn't need anybody per se, but he does, he does entrust certain things to us. And he had a very important mission to entrust to Mary and Joseph, didn't he? It was, it, it was, it was going to require, um, really, for, for God, if I can put it in those terms, to entrust this, this, uh, this, this task of bringing forth Jesus and parenting Jesus here on earth and deliver him safely into those settings in which he was going to be able to be nurtured and brought out to, be our, to, to ultimately uh, die for us. And uh, trust was required on Mary's part. Um, from God and from Joseph. If you think of it, Mary, she, she desperately needed for Joseph to support and trust her. But yet was that something that, by the eyeball test even, <laughs> if you want to use that terminology, was bound to happen? I mean, she went away to Elizabeth's house and came back, and, I, and imagine as it's depicted, when she came back from there, she was showing, right? And Joseph knew that he hadn't been with her, and that was his spouse's wife, and she was with child, and what would anybody think? Well, there were some things of the character of, of Mary, which I imagine made it hard for Joseph to believe, you know, that she would have been unfaithful, which is one of the reasons why God entrusted this to her to, to begin with. And so we want people to trust us, but you know, hey, sometimes we say, why don't you just give me the benefit of the, and why might not somebody give us the benefit of the doubt? Well, maybe because we haven't really shown ourselves to, you know, to be worthy of that. Um, you know, for some people, it is easier to give them the benefit of the doubt because we've seen the pattern of character that they have. And we would say, you know, man, I just, I, it may look like that. It may look like that, but I just don't believe. I, you're gonna, it's going to have to really be shown to me that that's actually what the case is in regards to this person because they've shown such a character of godliness in their life. And the Lord help us to be that sort of individual, right? There will, accusations will come your way. They will. And, uh, and when accusations come, you know, may it be this element in people's mind, well, you know, I would find it easy to give that person the benefit of the doubt because, you know, they, 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 they've shown themselves to be trustworthy and a person of godly character at this point. It may look like that. And, uh, you know, human beings, they do do things, and maybe it's going to end up that that is the case. But, uh, you know... I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt until that time comes. And it is, it is a, a great trust was required here. And, and, and on Joseph's part as well, um, trust was, was required from Mary. Why? Because Mary was really putting herself at the mercy of Joseph. Uh, Joseph could have gone a whole different route than put her, you know, even initially, a man of honor, putting her away privately 
In other words, not putting her out there in her accusations and condemnations publicly and what the law would even allow in that regard uh, uh, could be a ter terrible consequence for her. And so trust was required there. Trust was offered. Trust was offered by Mary towards God and to Joseph. Um, trust offered. And I would encourage you, even, even, if, even if you have had trust broken, don't give up on trust. Um, if, you, if God allows for you to have situations where you offer trust, and that ends up being rewarded by faithfulness and, and uh, the trust was, 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 was warranted, then again, you know, that's like one of those irreplaceable aspects of, of relationships that uh, when you do experience it, it's a wonderful thing. I'll just say that, you know, I have no reason not to trust my wife. I trust her implicitly. And God has given me that relationship with her where... Um, my heart is safe towards her. Now, my primary relationship is to the Lord. And that's really what was key for Mary and Joseph as well. Right? If you learn about trusting the Lord, then you'll learn about His voice and guidance and relationships as well. Hey, sometimes the voice of the Lord can spare you from situations, right? <laughs> Where you shouldn't be putting your trust. Sometimes the Lord will help you with that. Sometimes the Lord will say, hey, I'm guiding you into this and it's okay. You know, you can, you can offer trust here. You can offer trust, and, 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 uh, and uh, um, it is a good thing. And so trust was offered uh, uh, by Mary and by, by, by Joseph as well um, to, to, to Mary. And, Mary. and Joseph is kind of saying, look, you know, I mean, I'm trusting God, what he's saying in this, and I'm trusting you. It doesn't look, it doesn't look good, but I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, gonna, uh, I'm still going to offer you that, that trust. And so ultimately, trust was earned. Trust was earned by Mary from Joseph and the Lord. Now, the Lord already knows the, the beginning from the end, but think of this. Do you want to be the type of person that God can entrust a task to because He knows that you're going to be faithful to that? Mary ended up being, the Bible says, the handmaid of the Lord. And really, that is one of the most noble positions that she that any person could have. I mean, for a man to say, I'm the servant of the Lord. A lot of times, you know, that's how Paul, one of the greatest Christians ever, introduced his letters, right? I'm just a servant of the Lord. I'm a servant of the Lord. What'd that mean? Well, if God entrusts something to me, you know, to go to a certain place and share the gospel, to have a certain sacrifice in my life for the cause, uh, to, to, uh, to go without or to... to to, to, to have abundantly, whatever the case may be, if God called me to, I, I want to be faithful in that regard. I want God to be able to entrust whatever He wants to entrust to me. And, uh, and certainly Mary had that and Joseph, uh, Joseph had that uh, towards the Lord. But also with one another. They did earn each other's trust as well, ultimately. The trust that they offered one another was validated. Um, and, uh, you know, people find it hard to trust a lot nowadays. They've been burned a lot, right? <laughs> and it's like if you get, I mean, even people, people with churches sometimes. You know, you see people that are kind of just, they're, they're, they just don't really want anything to do with what they call organized churches any, anymore, even though it is biblical. Why? Because their trust has been broken. 
I don't have anything to do with places like that. They're kind of like, you know, throwing out the whole thing because my trust has been broken. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, fool me once and it's your fault, but fool me twice and it's my fault sort of thing, right? Um, but look, you know, don't give up on trust. They're some of the greatest places of integrity that I've been in have been biblical churches. That where, where people love the Lord and there's many, many people that just say, I want to you know, I I be a servant of the Lord. I want God to be able to entrust things to me as we work together as a team in this place to honor the Lord and to build trust with one another as well. Um, it takes time to build trust. You know, I'm sure that, that as we read that story, you know, once they went down to Egypt, Mary and Joseph trusted each other a lot more implicitly than when that, oh, those whole things started coming together at the beginning of the story. Wouldn't you say? Right? It just takes time to, to, to build that trust. Um, look, people may break your trust, but the Lord never will. The Lord never will. Always, ultimately, keep your eyes on the Good Shepherd. If, if one of the other sheep breaks your trust, well, you know, sheep, ain't, you know, they don't do the brightest things at times. Okay? And, uh, you know, you can just study a little bit about sheep. Uh, look, you know, when we let one another down, uh, it's unfortunate. And we do want to build trust with one another. But you know what it really comes down to is we have to trust the Lord. We have to trust the Lord. And we can't let uh, the, the, the things that others do distract us from that um, ultimately. Um, and, uh, and so there's a lot in the story. And I hope as you were thinking about it, as you read through there, you saw these aspects of it. Uh, because... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up here. But uh, um, lessons on trust. Lessons on trust. And if you're, if you're in, in relationships right now, you know, be a, be a trustworthy person. Um, in your sphere of influence, be a person of character that can be trusted. Earn that trust, maintain that trust, and ultimately use that to point people to the Lord who can be trusted 100%. Um, that's what it's really... Um, all about. All right, so I hope that was an encouragement uh, uh, to you uh, there tonight. And uh, we'll have a word of prayer, and then we're just going to conclude this evening.